This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Danny Parkin Show. That show is coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Ravens look like they're going to end the Patriots' undefeated season. Up 30 to 20, four and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter with the ball at the Patriots' goal line. Lamar Jackson having a monster MVP statement type of game. Good game through the air, great game on the ground. Huge win against a team that people were calling historic. We'll talk about it in full when the game goes final in the Westwood One postgame wrap so that we clear on more radio stations to discuss it. But there's a quarterback that many of you feel like does not is not worthy of discussion. And the number around here, by the way, is 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. However, I think today is the perfect day to to discuss this man who triggers you sensitive snowflakes so easily. And that man's name is Colin Kaepernick. And I'm not going to relitigate kneeling, people co-opting his argument, saying he hates America, saying it was about the flag, people... willfully misstating facts about Colin Kaepernick. I'm not going to do that. I have no interest in doing that. That conversation has been done a thousand times. But I thought it was worth bringing up today for a couple of reasons. One, today's Colin Kaepernick's birthday. Happy birthday, Colin. Turns 32 years old today. 32 years old. Has not gotten a workout since he was released by the 49ers. I'm going to give you a few names of quarterbacks who are either in the NFL or have been linked to NFL jobs recently. Ryan Fitzpatrick, getting it done for the Dolphins, 36 years old. When Clemson held their pro day, J.P. Lossman, through at the pro day to help with the skill position players. He was offered a uh, a shot at a comeback in the NFL at 38 years old. Brian Hoyer got into the game today behind Jacoby Brissett, threw for three touchdowns, 34 years old. Matt Schaub still catching NFL checks, backing up in Atlanta, 38 years old. Matt Castle still cashing NFL checks, 37, and a backup. These are quarterbacks significantly older than Colin Kaepernick with significantly longer stretches of incompetence 
than Colin Kaepernick with nowhere near the athletic gifts of Colin Kaepernick. So it is not an age thing. And then people say, well, it's about a time away from the game thing. And if I was Colin Kaepernick's agent, I haven't seen anybody making this point. I don't understand why it would be my first data point that I would use in order to explain why it is still reasonable for Cap to get a workout for an NFL team. Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I know Teddy Bridgewater is younger than Colin Kaepernick. I know that. But Teddy Bridgewater suffered a gruesome, gruesome leg injury that potentially ended his entire career. Teddy Bridgewater missed all of 2016. Colin Kaepernick played in 2016. Teddy Bridgewater threw two passes in week 15 of 2017, and one of those two passes was an interception. All right, so you with me? Teddy Bridgewater missed all of 2016, threw two passes the next year, one of which was an interception, threw 23 total passes, in 2018, and then this year has gone 5-0 and with the Saints. So basically, over at 2016, 2017, 2018, Teddy Bridgewater threw 25 NFL passes, missed an entire season and a half due to injury, and threw 25 passes in three years. And then gets a shot this year when Drew Brees gets hurt and goes undefeated. So Teddy Bridgewater has been out, or had been out, basically as much time as Kaepernick had been. Albeit younger, but with a much more devastating injury. And players way older than him are still catching NFL checks. Today is his 32nd birthday. And I I bring it up because... So many teams could use an upgrade or a body at quarterback to just see what they have because they have no hope or no future at the position. And the mere mention of him still upsets people in such a visceral, emotional way that it's crazy to me. And listen, I know that there would be conversation and I know that it might lead to some presidential tweets and I know that NFL owners want no business and no part of that. I, I truly do understand that. I think that that part of it is way overblown, frankly. There was never any direct proof and data for what he did to the bottom line of the NFL in terms of ratings. There were a lot of things that happened the year of his protest in terms of Peyton retiring, national TV games being bad, refereeing controversies, just general election coverage in politics. There were tons of things that were going on in 2016 that contributed to NFL ratings dipping that Kaepernick got blamed for it, but there was never any empirical evidence to show that one was directly correlated with the next. But again, regardless of that stuff, like take Forget about that for a minute. Forget about what you think about his protest. Forget about what you think about the distraction. The football argument, right? Because 
now, because people, including general managers, general managers and many fans make the argument that Cap couldn't do it because he's been away from the game for so long. And it also gets conflated where people say, you're saying Kaepernick's awesome. No, I'm not. I am merely suggesting that he's better than some of the awful quarterback play that we get in the NFL. And it's much easier to have success in this NFL at quarterback if you've got a coach who builds his system around to you. Like I'm here in Chicago. The Bears look like they are going to need to cut bait from Mitch Trubisky sooner than later. They will likely not pick up his fifth-year option, which they have to decide at the end of this year because that would be $24 million two years from now. But they don't have a first-round pick, and they don't have a ton of cap space. So think about this. Their backup is Chase Daniel. He's no good. Their starter is Mitch Trubisky. He's no good. They don't have a first-round pick to get a blue-chip prospect in here. And they don't have cap space to sign a quarterback who's going to become available this offseason. Like, say, Phillip Rivers wanted to change teams. I don't think he would, but the Bears likely wouldn't afford him. Teddy Bridgewater, if he leaves the Saints and wants a starting job, the Bears likely wouldn't be able to afford him. So you could bring in a quarterback who's younger than many quarterbacks having success today, who has been out of work, yes, granted, but all it would cost you is a little bit of money. And nobody thinks it's even possible, including me. Like, I think it is over. I think it is a done deal. I think it will not happen. And so you say, why talk about it? Because it pisses me off. The NFL is supposed to be a meritocracy. It is. It should upset you. Even if you disagree with Colin Kaepernick politically. And if you think he's a... Whatever you think of Kaepernick at his worst, you think he is a faux activist who only did it for uh, selfish reasons, that it's phony, that he hates cops, like whatever like the worst version of whatever you think that Colin Kaepernick is, right? It should still upset you that he isn't in the NFL because the NFL is supposed to be a meritocracy. If you're good enough to play, you play. And nothing he's done is criminal. And so the football point that he can't even get a workout, when I watch these quarterbacks each and every week who have nowhere near the pedigree as Kaepernick have success. And so if guys like Kyle Allen or Brandon Allen or Gardner Minshew who do not have 30% the raw athletic ability of Colin Kaepernick, not to mention the journeymen who are just on rosters. It is offensive to logic that this guy can't even get a workout from a football standpoint. And then if you say, well, he's not like, and that's just for the people who say cap should not be in the league because he's not good enough. That is nonsense. He's not in the league because of the other stuff. And if you're okay with that, Fine, you and me disagree. Reasonable minds can disagree. That's fine. I don't want to have that conversation tonight. But if your stance is Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL because he's not good enough to be in the NFL, I want to know what NFL are you watching? 
Seriously. What sport are you watching? You really think that that guy who did those things, like what he was doing in 2012 and 2013, doesn't that look a lot like the football that we're watching today? Throwing on the run, downfield passes, short accuracy, RPOs, mobile quarterbacks, moving the pocket. He was built for this NFL. And again, I have no idea how good he would be. No clue. I just know he's good enough to get a shot. I just know he's good enough that there's not 75 quarterbacks in the NFL better than him. And his agent claims, working out six days a week, ready to work out for any team, wants to play, hasn't been offered one workout, one offer. And no one from the NFL disputes those numbers, by the way. No one's like, well, no, he only wants to play if he can get $25 million a year. Never. No one from the NFL disputes it. That is crazy. And it should just offend you. It should just offend people who are fans of Logic, regardless of what you think about him. So, with all the love that Teddy Bridgewater is getting, deservedly, with all the love that Brandon Allen and Kyle Allen is getting, deservedly, on his 32nd birthday, I thought it was worth mentioning that Colin Kaepernick absolutely deserves a chance to play professional football again. And it bothers me, and I think it should bother you, that no one is willing to even give the guy a tryout. It's so crazy to me that that's where we're sitting in 2019. An eight-year NFL offensive lineman teaches us about O-line play coming up in 20 minutes. 855-212-4CBS for your top NFL takeaways of the day. This is the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. It's the Danny Parkin Show where CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. 37-20 Ravens winners over the Patriots. They finally played a good team, and their defense got shredded. We'll talk Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at the top of the hour. Jeff Schwartz joins me in 15 minutes or so to teach us about offensive line play and discuss why he was right and most of America was wrong on the Cleveland Browns. Today is Colin Kaepernick's 32nd birthday. Players much older than him and much less talented like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Castle, Brian Hoyer, Matt Schaub, catching NFL checks, guys who are out of the league due to injury, not playing for almost as long as him, like Teddy Bridgewater, dominating. Teddy Bridgewater missed all of 2016 through two passes in week 15 of 2017. One was an interception, 23 passes in 2018, but then gets a shot this year, 5-0 and as a starter. So if your argument is he can't play because of football reasons, there are guys older than him and less athletic than him that are getting checks, and there are guys younger than him that were out for basically as long as he's been out who are dominating. So it's not a length of time away thing, and it's not an age thing. So then if it's not a football thing, you're admitting that the NFL is in a meritocracy. Because the game that I'm watching today That was a game that was built for Colin Kaepernick's skill set. And there are plenty of teams that can use him. 
The Broncos can use him. The Bears could use him. Plenty of teams could use him, even as a stopgap. I'm not saying he's a franchise guy. I'm not saying he's great. Far from it. Just good enough to be in the league? Yeah. I don't know how you can be watching this NFL and not think that Colin Kaepernick is good enough to be in this league. 855-212-4227. Hey, I got fans of different teams on the line who say they want him. Mark in Virginia, what team you want Kaepernick on? Yeah, how you doing tonight? Good. Yeah, um... It'd be a good team, be a good quarterback for the Redskins, I believe. I read in the paper there earlier this year that the Redskins might pick him up, but I don't know what happened to that. Yeah, that, there's that's that not happening. It was just a, I'm sure it was just a, hey, maybe they could pick him up because every NFL beat writer has floated the idea of their team picking him up, but no team has even brought him in for as much as a workout. Seattle was the closest. They talked to him, and then they decided against it. So, I listen, I think Haskins is the guy for the future, but could Kaepernick be there now? Sure. That's the thing. I'm not saying he has to be a starter. I'm not saying someone should give him $25 million a year. Just, you know, a workout. Brandon Allen, Kyle Allen, Gardner Minshew. It's insane. Chris in Pennsylvania, you're on the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for calling, man. What's up, Dan? Listen, I've been beating this drum about Kaepernick from my New York Jets for about four or five years now. Ever since Harbaugh left, ever since they started hating him in San Francisco, I, I, I was, I'm was i a Bay Area transplant. I used to live in, in San Francisco area. I remember sitting in a bar watching this guy do freak of nature type stuff on the field going, I'll trade for him, like send him to Mike. And this was before we even had Sam Darnold. And even with Sam Darnold, that guy needs someone to teach him more. Like, I, could, I, I watched that game today, and Kaepernick could have made the difference. In uh, A guy like Kaepernick could have made a difference in that game today. Le'Veon Bell's being wasted. Uh, it's just it, it's flabbergasting to me that this guy's not in the league. Me too, and I appreciate the call, because I think that, I think Darnold's going to be good. I appreciate the call. But, yeah, you if you ran RPO sets with Colin Kaepernick and Le'Veon Bell, that'd be pretty tough to stop. I'm not saying he's got the speed that Lamar Jackson displayed tonight, but this is where the NFL is going. You want a quarterback who can hit the short, easy throws, move the pocket, run a little bit. That's what Cap was doing in 2013. It's so crazy to me. And people are like, oh, you're just a liberal bleeding heart. Like, Okay, sure. That part of it upsets me. I I admit that. I admit that I think it's crazy that he's as hated for the political things that he did. I think that that's crazy. But I'm not talking about that right now. I'm saying football-wise, it's not an age thing, and it's not a time away from the game thing, and it's not as if... There aren't a ton of teams running systems that run offenses similarly to Colin Kaepernick. Like in his skill set. It'd be one thing if he, if like it aged out, you know? Like his style of play was not in vogue anymore. That would be one thing. This is an entirely different thing. So I'm not, I really don't even want to get into the idea of the protest or 
blackballing or that. To me, I'm just talking about the football stuff. Will you not at least admit, if you are a Kaepernick detractor, that football-wise, he is good enough to play in the league? And then if you admit that, you got to be real comfortable with yourself that you're saying that he's not in the league because he has political opinions. And that's just, we're going to disagree on whether or not that's right or wrong, and that's fine. But I'm just sick and tired of the football arguments. And I think that Teddy Bridgewater is a great example for why. He was out of the game for so long, not playing for so long, and he's coming back. And Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to make, he'll probably sign a contract worth north of $60 million this offseason. I would guess. Not guaranteed $60 million, but he will probably sign a four- or five-year deal Maybe a three or four, but he'll sign a three-plus-year deal at $20 million a year. Starting NFL quarterback money. And maybe he gets a little less and he gets like Jacoby Brissett got two for 30. Maybe he gets three for 45. But he's going to get mid-eight-figure money this offseason after throwing 25 passes in three years and sitting out a season and a half. I mean... It's remarkable. And by the way, it's pretty impressive what coaches are being able to do right now in terms of catering offenses to their quarterback skill set. John Harbaugh might be the third best coach in the NFL. Belichick's the best coach. Andy Reid's the second best coach. But like what John Harbaugh is doing with Lamar Jackson, remarkable. What Frank Reich is doing with Jacoby Brissett, adjusting post-Andrew Luck, spectacular. Kyle Shanahan running the ball, Adjusting with what Garoppolo is able to do, great coach. Cliff Kingsbury putting his offense in on the fly with a first-year NFL starter, five foot nine Kyler Murray. These coaches are really advanced offensively. They can cater their 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 offense to the skill set of a guy like Cap. But there it is. I just felt like he deserved it on his thirty-second birthday. Coming up next. Jeff Schwartz is going to teach us how to play offensive line, even if you're 6'1", 160 pounds and skinny like me, and he'll spike the ball on why he was so right about the Cleveland Browns. Eight-year NFL offensive lineman Jeff Schwartz coming up. This is the Danny Parkin Show. All right, welcome back into the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio and the Radio.com app. Love talking football with this guy, old buddy of mine. We cross paths in Kansas City. Now he's a media star. Just follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz. You'll get all of his stuff, but you hear him on Sirius XM, ESPN Radio, SB Nation. Dude's everywhere. Played in the league for eight years. Jeff Schwartz back on the Danny Parkin Show. What's up, Jeff? Oh, not much, buddy. Just uh, watch all Sunday football, my man. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a crazy game so far. We will, uh, we might get to that a little bit later, but um, you were as strong as anyone in doubting the Browns before the year. And your Twitter feed is very entertaining when it comes to that, because you know, you chirp and you're right on this one. Do you think that Baker Mayfield is salvageable or is this a sunk cost situation? Um, uh, uh, I think he's salvageable with a different coach, um, and I, I don't really, um, I don't really know if that's going to happen at the end of the season or not. I mean, right? They hired Freddie Kitchen. I know we're in, a, we're in a, an era now where we do fire coaches much earlier than 
I think people would like, right? Like we fire them after one year, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, but um, I think that it's uh, it's probably imperative here. Um, they're very, very undisciplined, uh, right? They commit a bunch of penalties. Um, you know, they had a player go on and threaten reporters today on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. And then he went to Instagram and did it, threatened fans he was going to kill them and things like that. I mean, they're just, they're just wildly undisciplined. Uh, they're not taking advantage of their best players in Odell and Jarvis Landry. And that all falls back, in my opinion, to, to Frank Hitchens. You know, I thought they would be like 9-7, and seven, which, which which infuriated Browns fans. I mean, they're even worse than I thought they'd be. And I do think Baker salvageable. I think we saw a lot of good from him last season. Now, a lot of it was against some very bad teams. I get that. But there was enough to, to be salvageable, and it feels like that definitely – um, is not quite what's happening right now, which is just crazy. I, I didn't think they'd be this bad. Yeah, I didn't think they'd be this bad either. And it's weird that you could add Odell Beckham to your offense and have your offense get worse. Like, you were this guy's teammate, and I miss watching him play football. It's like, I don't understand how this is possible that he could be so unproductive. Well, look, I, I know this is something that really bothers people when I say this, and it's hard to really explain and put into words, but I do think it's a mindset, right? So, you know, I'm watching his game today when he is not playing very well, right? He's last in the NFL, like QBR. I'm watching him on commercials, right? And while you don't say, and he didn't say, like, I've arrived, right? I am now Baker Mayfield, best quarterback in the NFL. When you get all this attention, you obviously think you're good, right? When you're doing commercials, you're doing three big features this offseason, what GQ, he did one in the complex, right? Like three huge features on a covered sports illustrated. Like you think that you've arrived when you haven't arrived. And it, it doesn't, I don't think he prepared any less for the season than he would have otherwise. But the fact is that just creeps into your head, right? And gives you a sense of, of, of false complacency. I think that's what got him most. And I think it can be reversed with a better coach who really does that. I don't think Freddie Cooper is the guy that really is kind of getting the most out of it. I think a lot of coaches would have been like Baker. Just just lay low this offseason, dude. Like, do you think Andy Reid would have told him to just kind of lay low? Like, just like, dude, just lay low, man. Just enjoy your – just get ready for the next season. You'll get all that stuff very soon. Don't well, I, I, I was going to – I, I was going to bring up Andy Reid because, you know, you obviously played on the Chiefs for Andy Reid and your brother yeah. is Mitchell Schwartz, their right tackle. And so they've got this guy named Pat Mahomes. And I know he didn't play today and that was a great win by them. We can get to in a minute. But I thought it was very interesting. Like Mahomes could have taken all of those endorsement opportunities and he didn't take a single one year one. And now he's everywhere, you know, uh, three years into the league, two years into being a starter. Yeah. And. I don't know what you would tell me about his demeanor. I wouldn't want you to betray Mitch's confidence any because I don't know how well you know Pat. But but it ju- it just seems like that guy checks every single box. I, I think he does too. I, I I met Pat only once, and I really don't ask this real about like his demeanor. I mean, kind of see it on the field, right? I think that he's uh, special. And look, if I just you know, social media obviously is very one sided, right? You're basically going to get the, the best of a person. But just looking at like him and, and he interacts with, I don't, I don't know if they're married or his fiance or his girlfriend, just the way like he interacts with people on social media and the way he seems to be a family guy. And of course, what is it? social media is not always accurate on that type of stuff, but he just seems like a down-to-earth you know, quarterback who's just trying to win and trying to do the, what he can to get himself better. And yeah, he did some ads this year. Of course, he's the MVP last year. But to your point, 
he didn't do anything the year before um, and purposely, right? And so I think that, yeah. that it, it, and this thing is like, I, get, I know we're in a, a society now with instant gratification, but look around, but look around the rest of the NFL. Like, it took Tom Brady years to become like a celebrity, right? He was a good football player, right? But years to become a celebrity, right? All these guys, it takes some time to become Peyton Manning. He didn't do commercials for like 12 years, right? Like, it takes time to kind of become what Baker wants to become. And I think he could still do it, but he's kind of have to reverse and pull back some of this stuff. We're, we're talking to Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL offensive lineman, works for NFL. Uh, you can hear his commentary for Sirius, ESPN, SB Nation, everywhere. Um, to a football point, like that, that's an incredible win by the Chiefs today. Uh, they are very undermanned. I still consider them among the favorites to win the entire thing. Can you explain what makes Andy Reid so good at the week-to-week game planning? <laughs> Well, guys are just open. I think mean, he's just one of those like savants, man. Like I, I, I think he's just he's a savant. Like he knows what he's talking about. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. But I think he, and, and this is something that I was you know part of. Is it, it's just it's attention to detail. Like his attention to little details, and that's why they're the best at the screen game. I mean, it's little things like hey, a running back, you need to you, need, you know you need to be exactly in this spot. The quarterback, you need the ball exactly over this shoulder, and the offensive line, you need to be exactly here. Exactly, and this is on this screen. We're doing it this way on this screen, and just the little attention to detail really makes um, a big difference in in the way he game plans. And look, look, Matt Moore had no business winning that game today. Right, the Vikings are a good team and they're a good defense, and he looked better than Cousins. And Cousins makes eighty four million dollars a year, uh, not a year, but you know, over the three years, and he, he just looked. He looked like the better quarterback today, and that's a lot of his injury. Now Tyreek Hill made some plays, there's no doubt about that. Um, but I think there's just a confidence with Andy. He's done it for so long too; like you trust that he can do this, and he's seen every defense multiple times. I mean, there's, there's so much value in just his vast knowledge of of the game. That's why we see, you know, Sean Payne and Kyle Shanahan's game. And so they've seen everything so many times. Uh, but you mentioned the win today in general. Um, you know, they they're now on track to still be in the two seed. I mean, I think that a loss today probably eliminated them from the considering I do think they lose to New England um, in week 14 or 15. They should have went out the rest of their games, but now they could be 12 and four and you realistically have, have a two seed, which is supremely important to obviously, you know, winning a playoff game, you know, having a home game and a bye. We know Andy Reid is amazing off a bye. And so having that bye would be huge, but you know, having, you know, having the, uh, lost Tyberg against the Colts in Texas doesn't really help. Yeah, there's no question about that. So get get granular with me here on the screen game because you know that I'm uh, watching the Bears every week, <laughs> and and Matt Matt Nagy is the you know the Andy Reid disciple, and the Bears today are going up against Doug Peterson, another guy on the Andy Reid coaching tree, and the Eagles are pretty damn good at the screen game. I, it's probably yeah. not as prolific as, as uh, the Chiefs are, but the Bears, Jeff, I swear to God. They haven't had a big play on a screen pass since Matt Nagy has been here. It's it's been it's unbelievable. Like it it straight up does not exist. What it, how much of that is Mitch? Is it the offensive lineman? Like explain to me in maybe as good of detail as you can why that apple would maybe fall far from the tree. Um, I mean, just look. I think what I'll just say generally speaking with with Matt Nagy. It feels like he had a bunch of time this offseason and just 
had too much free time to try to just you know kind of reinvent his offense. Now it might be because he doesn't trust Mr. Bisky, so he had to come up with different ways to generate offense, which is which could be part of that as well. But it seems like they went they just they're trying to be too cute this year. You know, in the screen game, it just takes a lot of detail, right? And I think that that when he hasn't done as long as Andy Reid has, it just the detail's just not quite there, right? And he really has not had in his career to make adjustments. I mean, look, as much as you want to say that, you know, that he's the, you know, the OC of the team, Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid's the OC, right? Like, we know that. Come on. And right. so it does, take, it does take some time. And that's why I want to see Matt Nagy have an offseason this, this offseason to figure it out. And if he doesn't, then he'll be gone after next year. Uh, but just, like, give him an opportunity to figure it out. And I think that that's something that um, he'll, be, he'll be allowed to do, I assume. Um, and uh, we'll see – uh, how it goes. I don't think Trubisky will be the quarterback. I don't know who it's going to be, but give him a year to figure it out. Who's the best offensive lineman in the NFL? Um, I, that's a good question. Best offensive lineman in the NFL. And I think when, when healthy, Tyron Smith is best offensive lineman in the NFL. Uh, offensive lineman in the NFL. Um, you know, he, he he's if you're building a left tackle in a lab, I mean, that's that that's who you're building. I mean, he he is. He's amazing, <laughs> but he's just, you know, his health is always concerned, but uh, he's that guy. I think the best offensive, I know Quinn Nelson is a popular offensive lineman, the left guard for the Colts. Um, uh, he, he didn't have his best game today, probably one of his, I'd say, worst games of his career, which is kind of really high bar. Um, but, you know, not, not his best showing today, but he's, he's just a ton of fun to watch as Quinn Nelson. So... I know how a receiver can have a bad day, right? He can drop passes. A, a yeah. quarterback can be inaccurate. How do offensive linemen have good and bad days? <laughs> as, as few mistakes as possible. I, I think there's a couple mistakes that you have. Obviously, look, physical mistakes are going to happen, right? I mean, that this is that, that is uh, some of my favorite coaches have said too. Like the defense just makes the play sometimes, right? Like they they get paid too. Like, yes, they make plays. So physical errors, like it happens, right? You know, if you're Number one is consistency. As long as you're, and look, that, that's what got me. I'm a seventh round draft pick. I was injured seven times in the NFL. I had six surgeries plus a really bad uh, dislocated toe. Like, I should not have played as long as I did. But I played so long because I was just consistent. Um, I knew what I was doing, which is hugely important. I never made mental errors, which is the reason why a lot of guys, players, do not play in the NFL. And I was just consistent. I didn't get beat very often. And yes, I did get beat. It, a physical error. Getting beat is going to happen. It's, it's going to happen to count for it, but the mental errors is where you cannot mess up. And that's where I was really good at. So I think it's a combination of, of anticipation. And like my brother, you know, he plays for the Chiefs. You know, so hearing him talk about offensive line play, dude, like he's at another level than me. I mean, he, he sees stuff on defenders that I never saw and his ability to react. And then even Joe Thomas, like talking to Joe, like Joe's on a, even another level from from Mitch, which obviously is a Hall of Famer. I mean, he should be, but like, it's, it's wild. Um, but just consistency, like they, they knew when they put me in the game that what they were going to get from me every single week. The, did you see what happened with uh, Jason Kelsey and the bears having four offside, like neutral zone infraction penalties? Cause he was kind of no, moving no, the ball like, as the center. No, I was sitting in a big room with a lot of people. No, did he, was he, was he playing with the ball a little bit? Yeah, and all the Bears were complaining about it afterwards. And but he got four penalties, either neutral zone infractions or offsides on, on the Bears. Like, is that just gamesmanship? Like, what what are you supposed to do if the if the center's tilting the ball? Um, I mean, we saw this tonight. I think in the earlier in the, the Ravens Patriots game, where uh, the Ravens had a little head tilt with their center. 
and popped up, you know, he popped up, got the Patriots jump off sides, and then they ended up scoring uh, seven points there on that first drive for the Ravens. Yep. Um, you know, there's, there's some, there's some gamesmanship there, obviously. And, and look, here's something that's, if, believe it or not, referees watch film. I know that's hard to believe, but they do. They watch a ton of film. They have meetings with coaches and they talk to their, their directors and obviously, um, and if a guy always does that, like if Kelsey, that's always the way he plays with the ball. I got, I'm going to go watch this now to see, um, if this is the case, then they're not going to call it right. If, it, if it's a routine that he always does, they're never going to call it. Now, if it's something that's out of the ordinary, they should call it right. Um, but if he does the same thing every single play, the ref seat on film too. Okay. This is what he does. Every play we'll let it slide. Cause obviously you don't want to ruin someone's technique like that. And I don't know even what, what it was, what, what the issue was with the bots. I sort of have an idea of what you're talking about, but um, if he does it every play, then they're not going to call it. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see you do some sort of breakdown on it because uh, they didn't they didn't give a great explanation during the game broadcast, but it became a big thing uh, post-game. As we wrap up here with Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL offensive lineman, who's your MVP through the first half of the season? Um, you know, I... I do not think the Baltimore Ravens offense is going to be long lasting NFL. Um, I have severe doubts about it. That being said, if this is a, an award for most valuable player, well, that is Lamar Jackson without a doubt, right? I mean, he is the entire offense for the Ravens, whether it's with his legs or with his arm. And that to me is what MVP should be. Um, you know, there's still some time left in this game. We'll see how it finishes. Um, you know, that obviously might change my opinion. I think Russell Wilson is very much in that conversation. Now, the Ravens do have, after the team, they have the Bills, the Texans, the Rams, the 49ers. Like, they have a long haul left. I don't know if we're still going to be in the same boat with Lamar Jackson, but um, if not, Russell Wilson is very much in that conversation. Um, you know, Pat Mahomes, I think, is probably out right now because of injuries. Uh, Deshaun Watson is good, really good, I think, but they're not – they're not, he's not at that level quite yet. He's not having a historic season. So I think it's, it's Wilson, Lamar. Rodgers can finish very strong and be in that conversation as well. He's Jeff Schwartz on Twitter, G-E-O-F-F Schwartz, eight-year pro. Find his work. He's very good. He'll make you smarter about the NFL. Jeff, good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks for the time. Same here, bud. Have a good night. That's Jeff Schwartz. Lamar Jackson, that's Jeff's MVP. Is it yours? We'll get into the Ravens' big win over the Patriots coming up in your calls. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.